although they're involved with the clients, that responsibility kind of pushed them to be more aware of how partners work. It's not just like activation and troubleshooting. It's really understanding how products and solutions are working. So when they're having this conversation with the client, they're able to have a 360 approach. Welcome to the Ad Tech Heroes podcast. Each episode features an interview with today's leaders in advertising technology. If you're working in ad tech and always wanted to sit down and pick the brains of today's experts, then this show is for you. Subscribe and join us each week as we meet a new ad tech hero. This episode is brought to you by SeedTag, the world's leading contextual advertising company. Contextual intelligence allows you to engage with consumers within their universe of interest on a cookie-free basis. By delivering ads into content, we capture users' attention faster and retain it longer. Learn more and reach out to us at seedtag.com. Hello and welcome to the Ad Tech Heroes podcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the role of the programmatic trader, and I'm delighted to be joined by Anam Amin. Anam is currently leading programmatic product and supply management at Publicis. She has over eight years experience in the media industry and has worked with a diverse portfolio of clients at a regional and global level. Now within the partner management role, Anam brings the uh, bridges the gap between partners and clients by building a dialogue that is personalized for the brand. She's also recently been recognized as campaign's face to watch under 30. Hello, Anam. Thanks for joining us today. How are you? Hey, doll. I'm good. Just close to the weekend. So excited. Thanks for joining us today on, on our podcast. And kind of getting straight into it, it'd be great to um, you know find out more about your background and career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a it's such a tricky one whenever someone asks me that. I'm a bit of a late bloomer in ad tech. I mean, it wasn't really an industry you think of when you're growing up because it didn't really exist. So my career journey has been a bit of an interesting one, for the lack of better words. Um, I've been a bit of an explorer since I was quite young. So I started working when I was 17. I explored different industries, but when media industry happened, I just I was just so fascinated by how much there was that I didn't know. So the curiosity kept me around. Eventually, I decided to do my undergrad while I was working uh, because I saw a scope to build things or be part of the growth. And honestly, I haven't really found a dead end. There's always something new that can be picked up on since I've been in the industry. Um, I started as an operation executive within the group. While doing that, I had my eyes across all different departments, navigating what I really wanted to specialize in, and programmatic was just picking up in the market. So um, after graduation, I took a little break, but eventually I started as a trader, uh, worked with a diverse portfolio of clients, eventually moved on to leading programmatic strategy for one of the largest tourism clients, which we worked on um, uh, in MENA, to now fully transitioning into programmatic partnership management, and that's a total of eight years since I've been in the industry, learned a lot, met a lot of wonderful people, have had great mentors, which I'm truly grateful for. So it's been quite nice, to say the least. How important have those mentors, mentors been for you, um, kind of like in your career in the last eight years? Do you do you have regular catch-ups with some of them? Has, has it changed over the last eight years, the different types of people you've been talking to? It's been different. And honestly, I know the uh, the process of finding a mentor is very different in different places. But for me, I feel I call them mentors because they have had a significant impact in my career and my journey. And there's not been one. So um, I've been lucky to have uh, worked with leaders who were there to help me and guide me. So there have been multiple people who've had an influence from 
I would even say people who've hired me to when I did not really have the background to uh, people till date who guide me um, towards like the right direction or the things they think I could, uh, you know, excel in. So that's always been that that's truly been like a blessing. And it's been different people. So I would say I've been lucky that way. And fast forward to now, then what's your your current role now at Publicis and, and what a what is your kind of day to day? I manage the programmatic uh, supply uh, and product. Um, I work with partners in the region globally to identify programmatic opportunities for clients across Publicis Mina. So it could be media, data, um, tech. Um, so I, as you said before as well, I I look at bridging gaps between suppliers, agency teams, and clients wherever I can, basically not to have a blanket approach anymore, because I think that was one of that that was a slight gap or problem before. And I think, uh, it's uh, made a huge difference when you personalize your solutions towards a brand or a client. I also work with uh, what we call the champions within the team that can lead certain products forward. So we work together to stay up to date on all industry trends uh, regionally and globally and capturing anything uh, a client could potentially utilize, especially a new partner that's coming in the market. Uh, we get ahead, we get all the information uh, the client could potentially ask for. This also gives the traders an edge to specialize on hot topics aside from just being like managing a client or of course that's important, but you need an edge. Um, so yeah, that's what we do. Uh, product development is a huge part of what I do. And how many traders are there within um, Publicis uh, based in, in the Middle East? There are quite a few. We've, we've grown, honestly, since I joined, the team has grown so much. I would say there are over 28, 29 uh, traders in total. Um, including your seniors and executives and, you know, managers, uh, I think it will be 29 and I, it's growing. Now we, we are looking at growing the team. I think by next year, it'll be over 30 for sure. And how has that role of that trader changed over the years and, and how important are they to, to, to the overall company? I can speak for where I work. I do imagine it's a similar approach elsewhere, uh, but in the last, I guess, two to three years, there's been a huge shift from just activation and sharing strategies with agency lead who then pass on to the clients. It's not as siloed anymore, I would say. Traders are actively involved with the clients, understanding how they think, what they're looking for. I mean, it makes sense, right, to have experts on the subject matter to lead the dialogue, especially when it comes to programmatic, because although it's not really rocket science, but it can be easily misunderstood. And we know that being in, in the industry and dealing with clients day in and out. Um, honestly, this transition has helped a lot, uh, build trust with the clients. They know who we are, how we function, ease the back and forth for the planning team as well, I would say, so they can focus on other aspects of client strategy. And generally clients are more keen on spending programmatically in the region versus how they were before. I mean, I haven't heard the word black box at, as it was being called when I first started. So <clears throat> that dialogue, the day-to-day -day dialogue with the client has really helped uh, ensure, I think, like just like build that confidence with the client teams on how programmatic functions. That's definitely important. And I remember, again, going back to when I, when I joined the industry about 11 years ago now, 10, 11 years ago. And yeah, we, we, we would speak to traders, but very, very kind of, um, it was more on the activation, right? So it was typically in programmatic, as you know, things go wrong. Um, so it was it's having a conversation with the traders to to fix deals, for example, for PMP deals. Um, and it was less around strategy, it was less around um, you know, at the partnership level and 
um, together, working collaboratively to to think of solutions for the brand. And whereas now, kind of like fast forward it now um, to 2021, uh, we're seeing a lot more of that. And, and it's, it's interesting to see that that role of the trader has definitely changed um, and that I've seen that it's changed over over the last kind of 10 years or so. So no, it's, it's great to give them, I suppose, that added responsibility. Um, I know in the past there was possibly for, you know, good or bad reasons in a high labor turnover for traders and a lot of traders would move trading desk to trading desk. And um, what I'm seeing now is because they have that extra responsibility, a lot of them do stay longer uh, in, in that role. Is that something that you're also seeing on, on your side? I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I believe that must be a, a big thing in the European market, but I would say within the region, yes, it on some level that's true, but you don't have a lot of traders in the market. I mean, it was fairly new when we started off as well, but you made a very good point. Yes, although they're involved with the clients, that also that responsibility kind of pushed them to be more aware of how partners work. It's not just like activation and troubleshooting. It's really understanding, you know, how products and solutions are working. So when they're having this conversation with the client, they're able to, you know, have a 360 approach. Currently, we're also working on, um, so because of this role, now I have, I'm sort of diving into the supply side management as well and how things work. So I really think, yes, of course, we work on the demand side uh, aspect. But when you're talking to a publisher or when you're talking to a supplier, uh, the troubleshooting should not just be just left alone to the supplier. You should understand where it's coming from to be able to ask the right questions. Um, and it helps the industry grow as well, right? If you ask the right questions, we all come together and we work together. So it's a very good point. Involvement with partners has also increased. Um, Aside from the standard workshops, like partners are involved on uh, client level trader uh, conversations as well. So I think that's that's been a changing point as well. In terms of turnover, um, I think a lot of uh, factors come into play. But frankly, I've been with a group for the entirety of my <laughs> media career. So um, I wouldn't say I'm an exception. Um, uh, I've been working with the same traders for the last four or five years as well. So I do think, yes, different responsibilities and different opportunities help them like stay. And obviously the culture matters. So um, that's kept us here and our, our career progression has been pretty consistent. So I, there was no other reason to just, uh, you know, move out unless, uh, I mean, it might differ from company to company, but again, I can just speak for where I am. In terms of talent, so talent's super important, um, you know, hiring grads straight out of uni or um, you know very limited experience to you know hiring people with two five ten years experience is is, is, is important across all the different departments um, how are publicists doing this uh, in the programmatic space and and how have you seen that develop that's such a good question especially for the MENA market right um, we have quite a skilled bunch if I may say so myself uh, seniors with extensive programmatic and client strategy background. But when it comes to fresh talent, they're usually through our internship programs. Uh, so our team has grown massively over the years. Um, we could see that the positive impact of new way of working that had on our business, which meant we needed to grow. So we also needed skilled traders, which is not to be too, too dramatic. It just really felt impossible to find traders who would fit the criteria. 
because there's no formal education to be a trader, we started off with a small team uh, in our Beirut hub who are now in managerial roles. But over the years, we uh, built an internship program where fresh graduates get to learn everything from scratch, see how everything functions. So a lot of time goes, a lot of time and effort goes into these internship programs, the training material from ensuring they are certified to training with different teams on activation strategies and building confidence when talking to their client teams. A lot of people, um, a lot of time there's a narrative where when you have a hub, they're only meant for activation. That's not how we function. We wanna we wanna hone them from uh, start to finish, right? We wanna get them, you know, uh, be confident enough to not just lead the technical dialogue, but also have a conversation with the client, understand what they need and to be able to deliver the right kind of strategy. We then hire the top candidates through our own internship program. Each one that's come on board so far has been exceptional, honestly. And I can say, which is why our talent is also the most hunted in the market. So this is what this is how we hire fresh graduates. No, it's, great, it's great to see. And it's, it's, it's a similar approach that we have at CTAG where, um, you know, you walk into our office, our HQ in, in Madrid, and, um, you know, there's so many people that have come through the ranks, you know, started off as trainees or internships and, and work their way up and we've got people now heads of departments that have been with with CTEC for seven years so I think the key word here is patience right you need patience with the people patience with um, you know the speed on in which you want to grow um, sometimes we, we want to rush things a little bit too much within a company to try to you know get to that end goal as fast as possible whereas um, it, it may happen organically and if we invest in the right people and the right in the right places um, you don't need to always look outside for that that kind of you know person to come in. And sometimes you know, on paper on their CV they might look like the perfect profile, but it then comes back to cultural fit and um, ethics and work ethics. And um, if that doesn't match, sometimes it's you know six months to a year. You find out later, and then you have to get rid of them anyway, and you need to bring someone else in. So yeah, I think I think investing in the right people and nurturing as well, especially these grads that are coming straight out, out out from school or out from university is is so important and it's great to see that you you guys are doing it on the agency side as well yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more and also the field that we're in you need to build that kind of like relationship even with your teammates and and the people you hire because it's not just relationship with clients and suppliers it's not it can't always be business, right? You just, you need to make sure that you're working with them and understand how they would work with you as well. So within the internship program, we also sort of look at, you know, how, how they work with different team members aside from their general knowledge as well. So, because that's key because that, that builds your team and that builds your culture. And I have to say with a diverse skill set, and they come from different backgrounds as well. There are engineers in our team, business graduates, marketing graduates, um, and also, if, even on the uh, nationality diversity, there is, uh, you know, we're all from uh, different backgrounds um, and we all come together pretty, like, pretty well, uh, if I if I look at it. Um, and I think these internship programs really help you kind of understand if you would fit in the culture as well and fit within the team and how you're willing to work. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, it's nice to hear that you were doing the same Um in the market, I'm not sure how many agencies are doing this, but definitely, I think it's been uh, it's been very rewarding for us to put, for although it took us time and allocating the time per trader, um, it with all of the workload, it's a lot, but it uh, definitely pays back in tenfolds, I would say. Definitely, and and it's great to see 
you're kind of looking at people from different types of backgrounds, different types of experiences, um, not only educationally, just generally life experiences, yeah. right? And I think we're always looking at, at education as an indicator of how successful someone is going to be in a role, which may not necessarily be the best indicator. Um, and, and in generally in marketing and in advertising, if we think back of our school days, and I remember studying business studies at GCSEs or A-levels, and, you know, it was more of this creative background people needed or, mm-hmm. you know, um, like the Mad Men type, um, you know, of, of, uh, not thinking about the culture, but looking at more more of the creative and the execution rather than kind of the nuts and bolts and the, the, the technology in the background. And I think that's where programmatic has made its stamp is the profile mm-hmm. of a marketeer has changed somewhat from being this kind of really creative person to being a kind of numbers person or a, a, a platforms person and um yeah like my background's economics I, I worked in finance for a little bit and I would have never thought of working in the advertising industry whereas people now I, I think there's a lot more courses available now related to digital yeah. marketing and marketing so you're you're probably more exposed to what this this industry works like um but yeah that, that yeah. that's definitely an interesting point that that's that's very true and i think just aside from us leading this internship program our global teams are also actively involved in uh you know documentations creating uh you know point of views and uh around industry topics so that also helps us incorporate within our internship programs as well so you know um definitely there's a lot more resources now than we had before when we started um but yeah i agree with you absolutely and i found so as you know with CTAG, we've been active in in the market in the in, in the MENA market for a couple of years now, and you've been a massive advocate for us. So definitely appreciate everything you've done for us. Um, it's 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 interesting to see it is a melting pot of so many diverse people, right? You know, from other markets across the Middle East, people from India. You speak to uh, Asia, Southeast Asia. You've got tons of Brits out there, Aussies out there, Americans out there. Um, you know, that must be interesting to see, you know, so many, I think it's one of the regions that I've seen it. And, and I work in London, right? So I see that already. But I think it's done to a totally different level um, in, in Dubai and speaking to, to clients out there. Um, how, how have you seen that then translate to programmatic and a programmatic adoption in the Middle East? Are you seeing because there's so many diverse, so many diverse people coming from various different markets um, lots of different knowledge maybe maybe some markets that have a, have adopted programmatic you know a lot lot more faster than the middle east and middle east clients how, how have you kind of seen that de- develop over the years that you've been at publicist as well in terms of the diversity or the programmatic adoption so in terms of you know the programmatic adoption in the middle east how has that kind of developed uh yeah o- over the years Okay, just to go back on the diversity topic, I guess I grew up in Dubai. So for me, it was never really a surprise um, to like see something like this. Uh, I mean, if you even if you look at our team, um, although we have a hub in Beirut, but our team is quite diverse. Uh, we have, uh, you know, the uh, talent from Lebanon, India, Syria, Saudi, uh, and the Pakistani um, Turkish, Moroccan, Nigerian, and our head of our department is Australian. So um it's pretty diverse within the team as well, but um, when it comes to uh, the industry itself, I think it's it's a very, I wouldn't say it's a unique thing to see. It's just, it's if you're in Dubai, you know, this is 
it's but natural you'll meet uh, people from all walks of life right um i'm not sure if um it has had a significant impact just the diversity itself for sure uh when people come from different markets who are already developed and like they're already forward in tech of course they bring that knowledge so that definitely helps when it comes to supply side um for example like speaking to you uh bringing CTAG in the market obviously it makes a difference for our clients and uh you know what they can look forward to in the future so uh, definitely talent from different markets who are already engaged with you know the uh, advanced ad tech in uh, in like european and us market that really helps uh, the mena region if i look at the adoption rate over the years it has grown without a doubt um i'm not i'm not sure how familiar you are before uh, we got involved with ctag but at the time when i started uh, we were not just working with the clients we were also educating local supplier supply partners um now when i look from a supply perspective we have access to more premium inventory than we did ever before i couldn't give you a number exactly on the growth but there were there has been an increase for demand for innovation and multi moment targeted executions that can uh, sort of seamlessly continue the dialogue between brands and consumers across screens and devices so mina market the way it's been seen it may have started late but the rate at which the market has embraced innovation and creative solution has been so great and that's why i say that this this it's just it's just never ending right you always pick up something new and you can implement it and there's always an opportunity to to build something and to like you know um hone your skill in something um like if i look at emerging channel adoption right now um it's been quite positive for example when audio was introduced in the market clients didn't shy away from testing it out um now it's only growing supply has increased there wasn't a lot of supply you had just select one or two partners um i do think the education needs to continue <laughs> the ad tech jargons overwhelm a lot of people like now there was an article on uh, the connected tv and the ott by mrc there's a new you know the new terminology so the clients are always confused when they're planning on that the more we continue to simplify it for the client level the better i also think the education applies to us um so we continue to build narrative that you know works for the industry and works for the client and works for partners and agencies and everyone. I think to sum it up the adoption may have been a little slow but they are they don't shy away from testing it out. I I don't see any brands saying no we don't want to. Um at the rate at which the market is growing is I think phenomenal. And do you think everyone is chipping in with the education part or do you do you find yourself sometimes it's always you the agency uh educating the client is it sometimes the other way around the clients come back to you and said did, you know did you know there's this vendor out there or or this you know data source um or media owners you know are you seeing it across the board or 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 kind of one of those players in the market more so you know that's a really interesting question because i was thinking about it just recently how this never used to happen before it was us sort of leading that you know narrative or that dialogue but because of um you know because of clients being aware that there's uh, there are so many different technologies and so many different innovations i think um brands understand that they need to be up to speed so they are pretty i i would say proactive in you know reading up things being part of different like uh you know marketing circles or whether it's through linkedin whether it's to editorial publications i i have in the recent times seen clients uh come up and 
you know, ask us questions about a certain uh, partner or a product uh, that I wouldn't know about. Um, and I would then research and get back to them. So that's definitely an interesting uh, change I've seen over the years. So I would say, yes, the clients have now uh, started to ask questions and uh, no question is silly, but also like introducing us to partners that we probably wouldn't have heard of or we didn't get ahead of. Um, so I wouldn't say it's just us. Um, I do think your um, big supply partners are also contributing. Uh, I think clients are also in some ways contributing. I wouldn't take the entire credit. So, but we're focused on our learning. So, uh, but yeah, I I would say it's a it's a joint hand now. Uh, yes, of course we have to put in more work because you know it's just because we're on the go. We're trying to influence. Uh, you know. Uh, the right strategies, uh, but you will definitely hear things on the client perspective and even from the supply side. Yeah, that, that education needs to happen across the board. But, you know, there's so many, you just mentioned it now, there's so many players in the market. Uh, you know, it's probably quite difficult to keep up for, for the agency, for the brand. But it'd be good to understand um, from the MENA perspective, who are the dominant players? Is it like your typical Googles and Facebooks or the big publisher houses, it'd be great to understand kind of uh, the, the ecosystem out there. It is Google and Facebook in the market as well. Surprise, surprise, yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It is Google and Facebook. I would say these are the dominant players. If I talk about anyone else, I don't think they meet up to that uh, you know, level. But uh, Google and Facebook would be the dominant players, I would say. And everyone else are like in their way. They're Yes, they are huge in the market, but not as big as Facebook and Google, for sure. And the local local sites have a lot of power, right? In the Middle East, is it safe to say? So you've got a couple of two or three big big publisher groups, or is it more so kind of the networks that, you know, work with maybe 10 to 15 smaller smaller publishers? Do you, I'm, I'm guessing at publishers you work probably with all of them, right? We do. And I think with my current role, the idea is to build that portfolio. And I think... What has happened over the years as well is that because you have so many publishing, uh, whether it's, you know, independent publishers or uh, networks, it gets so confusing who you should spend with. I think the, the vision I have is or, or what I'm trying to do in this role is to build proposals that fit a category. So I wouldn't. Yes, there are uh, networks and publishers that are uh, big in the market, but you know why I couldn't name one is because they all serve a different category. So it won't be fair to say that one is bigger than the other. You could have like a, a news publication that is really, you know, it's huge in the market, great content, and a lot of partners, uh, a lot of clients go for them. Then there is there are these networks who have a mix of different um, um, category of uh, sites. So uh, there's definitely a mix, but the way I am trying to position within the agency is build proposals on vertical level or category level or the or the content level right um so that's how we work um we do have yes local if you're if you're running locally yes of course local media will have the you know the power um but um i just i i just couldn't name one it would be <laughs> it would be hard uh, I think it's just makes and it's just different categories and uh, it's just they're all uh, significantly uh, big in their own way. I've got one final question for you. Um, if you had a superpower in ad tech, what would it be? Single ID across all domains and digital properties that reads the same across all platforms. 
I mean, it's hypothetical, right? It doesn't have to be owned by anyone. Uh, it could be owned by the user if they want to control how they see it. But since it's my superpower, then I probably will know what it is. But if we're going all out and benefiting in personally, then personalization, I can change into different people at different times in different ways. For example, I'd love to be an avid investor at the right time. That would be super cool. Brilliant, brilliant answer. Um, I think that's all we've got time for in today's episode. So thanks, Anna, for your time today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of AdTech Heroes. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. To see all the show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, head over to adtechheroespodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by SeedTag, the world's leading contextual advertising company. Contextual intelligence allows you to engage with consumers within their universe of interest on a cookie-free basis. By delivering ads into content, we capture users' attention faster and retain it longer. Learn more and reach out to us at seedtag.com.